0: If we all everywhere could understand how reincarnation works and get rid of these false identities that we really could very quickly and easily create a society that's based on love and equality and justice for everyone. It's important to kind of remind people, yes, I mean, when you're in the middle of a huge challenge, like we said, to not just be like, well, you chose this because that's that would be unkind.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine someone coming to me in therapy, sharing yeah. their entire life experience and being like, we got to understand why you chose this.
0: Be like, it's for your growth. Right. 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 <laughs> I know, think I would be without a job. Without a job pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between. So who are you? Do you actually know? We live in this culture where we are obsessed with our identity. We think we are defined by our race, our religion, uh, our gender, you name it, We use our roles. We use all of those things to define us. But perhaps that isn't really who we are. Or perhaps we've been all of those things before. And so what does that mean about who we are now? So on this episode, I have my friend, Michelle Brock, and I'm honored to call her that. She and I go way back. Uh, She was one of the first guests on my podcast. And she is a past life regression therapist who has a new book out called, love this title, Who Do You Think You Are? And it is an interactive journey through your past lives and best future. And so in this episode, we deconstruct who you are and who you are not, what that means about how you're living now, and also what exactly is the purpose of our lives here this time around. So with that, here is my episode with my friend, Michelle Brock. Welcome, Michelle, back to Life, Death, and the Space Between. Thank you so much for having me back.
0: So good to see you.
1: So we were joking before, Michelle might be the most guested guest on my podcast. I think this is your third. I think it's your
0: third. It's not your fourth. It's my third appearance on your fantastic podcast. Thank you again. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. And we, (laughs) Michelle and I, if you haven't listened to our old episodes, I believe the first one was titled, like, what am I doing here or something? What am I, why am I here or what am I doing here? And the second one was on Soulmates. Definitely remember that, yes. And this one, which I'm so thrilled for you, is her new book. Yay! Who Do You Think (laughs) You Are? 10 Years in the Making, Michelle Yes. Congratulations. I know you. <laughs> you and I have gone back and forth over this and like just how much work it is to put a new baby into the world.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm really excited um, to have it out there and I'm excited to share it with everybody. I strongly believe in the message behind it, as you know, because we've talked about past lives and life purpose uh, You know, so much. So um, thank you for You know, reading it and I'm excited to hear what you think and uh, hear your questions.
1: Yeah, I loved it. But it was interesting because it had this sort of backwards twist to it. And I want to talk about that because in today's age, we are so defined by all of these different identities, all of these different roles we play, um, the costumes that we wear, also known as our physical bodies. What Inspired you to look at this book through the lens of who you are not, not who you are. Because the book is titled, Who Do You Think You Are? Right. But everything is about who you're not.
0: Who you're not. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so there's an actual, uh, an, an ancient practice. It's a meditation practice um, called Neti Neti. And it's uh, based on yogic tradition. It's basically like, I am not that, right? So where you go through these various identities where, you know, like the, the no mind or the no self to kind of transcend the self. So I was kind of inspired by that. And I wanted to do a modern take on it, which is, you know, about self-inquiry right? Looking into kind of who am I as uh, its own kind of spiritual path. And I wanted to kind of look at past lives through the lens of identity, because I think so many of us get caught up in these kind of false identities, false personas that are keeping us from the truth of who we really are, which is a soul on a journey over many lifetimes. So I kind of made an ancient yogic practice um, a little bit modern. So
1: you've done... Hundreds of, maybe thousands at this point, of past life regressions, which was the impetus. That's what you and I talked about on previous episodes was all around past life regressions trained by Brian Weiss, who Mm -hmm. if people don't know, many lives, many masters. I call that book the gateway drug to spirituality (laughs) because I think it does a great job of merging kind of what people have a really, it really merges the psychological and the spiritual and really grounded way
0: and relatable too. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's such a personal account of his, you know, his own journey as well. Yeah. Right. Right. It is his gateway drug, his gateway drug of
1: Catherine. <laughs> um, and if you don't know what we're talking about, go read his book and then get Michelle's book. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what have you seen over your years in practice in terms of what people's different identities are and how can you, shed or should we be shedding our current identity? Like, what does that look like? How do people integrate that when they have had the experience? They're in this physical body as, right, I'm here as a white Jewish woman, which looks a certain way to the world. But in other past life, in my past life regressions, that's not who I've been. Yeah. So how do you help people kind of integrate their current identity with perhaps what was a previous identity?
0: It's a fantastic question. And yeah, I've worked with literally thousands of people. Um, I've been doing this full time since 2006. So um, I really have been, uh, you know, on this journey myself, as well as helping others. And what inspired me to write the book was really kind of during this period of time, you know, where there was a lot of kind of divisiveness, particularly here in the United States. Um, A lot of basically the height of the Black Lives Matter protests and a lot of the political divisiveness. And I kept thinking to myself, if everybody could see what I've seen over the now 18 years that I've been doing past life work with people, that they wouldn't approach others in the same way. In fact, they wouldn't eventually see others as other. There would be more empathy, more compassion, and possibly even world peace if people understood how reincarnation actually works. And I see this at work with my clients as well. A lot of people kind of have maybe a a sense of um, that they don't have the body that they like, or I wish I were a different gender or, you know, I'm an oppressed or marginalized, you know, person or community that we can kind of open the curtains a little bit wider and see that, yes, you know, in this life, you have the body that you have, the family and the circumstances that you have, but that's only a short Piece of the larger picture over many lifetimes. That's very healing for a lot of people as it helps them kind of accept and embrace the circumstances of their lives now in that you've chose it, right? And, and not to be flippant, like to say to someone who's going through a, a you know, a terrible crisis, be like, well, you chose it for your soul's growth. You know, that's, that wouldn't be a, a kind approach. But yet that's true on a certain level. And when people can realize that themselves by way of seeing it firsthand, that they are not their body, they're not their gender or their circumstances, that it ends up changing the way that they look at themselves. And ultimately, it can transform the way that we look at and approach others as well.
1: So it's really this notion of seeing yourself over the course of perhaps many lifetimes in many different bodies to know almost that they are me and I, and I am them, right. That, that how deeply connected each of us is, are.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That I want people to become friends with their past lives. And that was what I'm inviting uh, my, my readers to do in this book is to really embrace your past life selves. I think I use that uh, phrase a lot in the book that once you actually get to know who you were in a past life, then you can actually see that as parts of the greater whole that is you, your consciousness and the soul on a journey over many lifetimes. And that there's all this richness that you can uh, get from that, including appreciating other circumstances, other cultures, other ethnicities, other backgrounds, relationships, right? And some lives we have a spouse and children, and in other lifetimes we don't right, so looking at that of you know through that lens of that we we have to experience everything in order to come to the conclusion that we are everything and and we're also nothing right we're not our bodies as well, so that's the conclusion that I want to draw people to through actually experiencing. The past lives themselves. And that's what I want them to do in the book. I have a lot of journaling exercises and meditations, a lot of invitations to be able to connect with who you actually were in a past life. So you're not just reading about it, you're actually having the experience yourself. So, in doing this,
1: the exercise is around shedding identities.
0: Definitely. Yeah. That, that, with the idea that any identity that we form that's based on this life and our physical bodies and this physical manifestation that we're, you know, experiencing here on planet Earth is actually a false identity. But we cling to this, right? We, we kind of think that this is who we are, that we are our skin color or our, you know, um, religion and that we look at other people as, well, they're different than us, right? So the idea is to be able to connect with more compassion for ourselves and more empathy and compassion for others as well by shedding that false identity that's based on your physicality and the life you're living right now.
1: But also, isn't there a piece of this that is about Recognizing the identity that we currently have and what
0: maybe purpose that is serving for
1: us in this life? Definitely.
0: You know, I think that it's not just about, you know, losing the identities that we've created around this life, but rather embracing that this is the body that we've chosen and the journey and the path that we've chosen for ourselves in this life, including our challenges, right? A lot of people have you know, struggles or, um, you know, are born into circumstances that are less than loving or ideal, right? And to kind of look at this through the lens of that you have a journey over many lifetimes to kind of embrace where you are now. And also, too, I do say this several times in the book that it's not about, you know, kind of losing your identity, particularly if you are someone who is you know, from a marginalized or oppressed background, a lot of times these identities are important as far as like survival, right? Um, we're talking about like colonization and, uh, you know, other, other forms of kind of forced, throwing everyone into a melting pot in a forced way that that identity is an important part of your journey and who you are right now. So it's not necessarily about losing that identity, but embracing that you have others as well if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. And in this time where we are so divided and mm-hmm. see so many people, like anybody who isn't us is other, I think is a lot of what we're seeing now. Yes. How do you see past lives as a, as an entry point to deeper understanding in that way? Like, how can we, can we even like, are we too far gone or can we shift people's perspectives? I mean, what have you seen with your clients when they have a past life? They looked down. if you've not, I've done past life regression with Michelle and it's mind blowing <laughs> and beautiful and incredible. But in that moment, which is the moment of like recognizing who you are in a different life when you look down at your feet, which is a very common way of getting people into that space after you've meditated, help them meditate to it. What is the hope when they look at their feet and they see they are someone else, that that isn't who they are? And how do you, how can we bring that to the masses today? Yeah.
0: You know, and it's interesting. You talked about Like, how how is that an entry point for people? Because I think it does have to kind of start with ourselves. We all want peace and love and society, but the way that we're wired as human beings is to really kind of reference our own selves first, right? And that's why the experience of a passive regression is so incredibly powerful because it's tactile, it's visual. You sense things, you feel things, right? You hear things, you smell things that are cooking that didn't weren't cooked in your parents' kitchen or grandparents' kitchen when you were a kid. So it completely shatters just the mirror of that identity in this life for people and often instantaneously they're able to kind of see like, wow, I thought I was white, brown, black, you know, rich, poor, male, female, and I'm not, right? And it makes people want to explore that even more. So I try to give a lot of opportunities in the book. It's not just one past life. Some people are like, what if I have no past lives? I've not met anybody who's new here on planet Earth yet. Although it's quite possible, um, but I think that because 2024 is so complex with a lot of difficult lessons where we're trying to achieve more compassion, love, unity, consciousness, I think that most of us have had many, many past lives to prepare us for these times that are more challenging. And in the book, I liken uh, lives to to a school, right? That we're here to learn and that we're beings who learn by doing right? So we have to kind of live these lifetimes and have these experiences. So people have these realizations often instantaneously, often immediately. I don't even really have to coach them through it. They're just like, wow, you know, I thought I was X, Y, Z. And the implications of that and how you take that home, you know, and what you do with that afterwards is completely up to you. And so with this book, I'm encouraging people to kind of take you know, okay, we have past lives of various different backgrounds and forms. What do I do with it now? We'll use it to live more fully in your present and also to create a different future for all of humanity, which is why I talk about it being an interactive journey through your past lives and into your best future, because we're creating the future. The future is not determined. Mm -hmm. And we know that we have to look at history and study history and tell the truth about history, which is another theme that's coming up a lot in um, conversations today in our society, that we have to kind of own up to, you know, where how we got to where we are. And then once we figure out and can see where we are, we can figure out where we want to go and who we want to become in the future. So I really wrote this book to be a guide through your past lives as your own personal history, right? We can study history in textbooks, but this is your own personal soul's history. And that helps you figure out what you want to let go of and what you want to bring in to become the person that you're meant to become and also collectively as a society who we want to be.
1: If you love the show, there are several ways you can show the love. You can go to patreon.com at Dr. Amy Robbins, just put in my name. And support the show in any monetary amount you feel comfortable. Five, 10, $20 a month makes. The world of difference to me. So I would appreciate if you could support the show. If you're already supporting the show, there aren't enough ways to put into words how grateful I am for that support. It literally has made such a difference to me and it is what keeps this show going. So thank you so much. Also make sure you're subscribed anywhere you can get the show. You are following me on Instagram please subscribe to my newsletter, dramierobbins.com, where I do bi-monthly soul wisdoms. I'm going to be getting back to that. I took a little break, but they are coming back. And also you can follow me on Instagram at Robbins. That is where I'm the most active. That's the social media platform you can find me on the most frequently. And just reach out. Let me know your thoughts on a podcast. Share the podcast with friends, whomever you think would be interested in this topic. Just please pass it along. And thanks, as always, for your support. So I know you talk in the book about what happens when we die and then what happens when we're born. Can you walk me through that process of, from the soul's experience, what happens, how we decide to Reincarnate? Should we decide to reincarnate? Yeah. Uh, how we choose, like who we're coming back as. Yeah. Uh, do we ever come back as the same version? Of what we were, like exactly the same, just back here again, giving it another try.
0: I don't know if it's exactly the same, but we definitely do get stuck in patterns, right? It's kind of like we're here to overcome certain things or challenge ourselves in certain ways. And it's like, oh, we came close, but we fell short. So we got to go back and do it again. Um, And I just want to tell everybody that everything I talk about in and teach is based on my own direct experience or the direct experience of my clients. I'm not a religious scholar, although I like to read a lot, right? Um, You know, so what I have learned from doing this work with clients for now 18 years is that we do have some say in how we reincarnate. And a lot of people talk about like, you know, karma, you did something bad in a past life, therefore you're having a bad life in this life. I haven't found that to be true. Um, Actually, not entirely. It's a lot more of a compassionate process than that, that we're able to kind of look and be like, well, you know, I could have stepped up more in that situation or I had this opportunity and I didn't take it. So I'm going to challenge myself to go back and do it again. So certain people that we often view as having more difficult past or lifetimes in this life, um, are actually not paying for sins of their past with karma. They're often more evolved souls than we are, that they've chosen to challenge themselves in an even bigger way because they're capable of that. So there really is no kind of black or white answer to like the idea of like, oh, well, you get to just sail through this lifetime. So you must be a less evolved soul or like whatever. Sometimes we need a break, right? (laughs) Sometimes we get to uh, meet our soulmate when we're 19 and get married and live happily ever after. And some of us spend a lifetime searching for that love and don't get it. Some of us are blessed with robust bodies and good health and others of us have extreme challenges. So You know, it's it's a much more complex process than that, but it's it seems to be self-led and self-driven, maybe with a little bit of guidance, like spirit guides are like, you know, maybe you might want to, you know, try this or are encouraging us, but that it really does come from us, that we choose the circumstances of our lives, including what we're going to look like, the parents we're born to, the circumstances, the challenges, the soulmates that we'll cross paths with. Um, and that it's based on our own desire to evolve and grow. And so I want people to kind of learn how to maximize their potential for growth in this lifetime by having that knowledge of their past, because then it's more information that you need to know in order to more mindfully navigate the things that cross your paths and the various challenges that we have in life.
1: Yeah. And you said earlier, and I know this to be true too, that people sometimes bristle at that thought. Mm -hmm. Why would I have chosen these hardships? Or I didn't need to prove that I had to lose a child or go bankrupt or be homeless on the street or be, you know, addicted to drugs or have been sexually assaulted or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I still have a. I mean, I get it on one level, and I still have a really hard time wrapping my mind around this concept of yeah souls choosing lives that feel particularly torturous.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think that what led me to. Finding this work was really that idea of fairness, right? Like when I was a kid, I used to think about, like, well, why do some people get to live to be a hundred and babies die, right? Or some people are marathon sprinters and and other people are in a wheelchair, right? And I think it's important to have compassion for yourself as well as for others, right? But also to understand that sometimes the lesson that you chose is not just for you that we sometimes choose to challenge others around us to learn how to love more or forgive or be caretakers, right? So that it's not often as simple as just like, well, you chose this. There seem to be layers to it and dimensions to it that we, um, maybe some of which that we can't even discover in this lifetime because our journey is so vast, but it's important to kind of remind people, yes, I mean, when you're in the middle of a huge challenge, like we said, to, to not just be like, well, you chose this because that's that would be unkind, right? Yeah. But I mean, I can't of,
1: imagine someone coming to me in therapy, sharing yeah. their entire life experience and being like, we got to understand why you chose this.
0: Be like, it's for your growth, right? Right. right. <laughs> I know,
1: think I would be without yeah, a job. Without a
0: job pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, but at the same time to kind of allow people to find that truth for themselves, you know, and I think that that's what's so powerful about past life work. I mean, I'm not telling people who they were in a past life. Mm -hmm. I'm letting them discover and kind of showing it. And I think that that is actually a much more powerful opening into you know, a spiritual path. It's one thing to have faith in something or believe in past lives. It's a very, very different thing to actually experience it yourself, because then that becomes your truth, right? And understanding that every person's truth is unique and individual, right? Like your truth might not be someone else's truth. You might believe in past lives. And I'll say, of course, because you've experienced it, right? And even if you hadn't, that might be something that like, okay, made sense to you where other people won't kind of be there. So, you know, it's really kind of encouraging everyone to look at their journey and the journey of others through a more compassionate lens. And sometimes that's having compassion for yourself. Like, wow, I, I, I chose this, but at the same time, this is really hard. This is a huge challenge. You know, um, what am I going to get out of it? Right. Instead of focusing on the whole, whoa what is me aspect? How can I grow from this? And what can I learn from it? And when you are aware of your past lives, or the idea that you do have past lives, I think you're more a- easily able to kind of, you know, float above it and be in that vantage point, because you're not stuck in this kind of sense that like, this is all there is. And this is who I am right? That bigger picture view can be very healing for most people.
1: What about people who go into a regression and either feel like they can't get there, their mind gets in the way, Mm -hmm. or how do I know that was actually a past life? How do I know that that just wasn't my imagination or I don't know, anything?
0: You know, it's... it's been my experience that the difference between something that's like fantasy or projection or something you saw in a film or, or read in a book and an actual past life memory is that the passive has a very specific emotional quality to it, right? And, you know, you probably could speak on this better than me as a therapist. Different people have different, uh, you know, abilities to connect with their emotions in different ways. Some people are more emotive than others. As far as not being able to do it, I want people to approach it as a practice. And that's part of why I included so many different exercises in the book. It's like, well, if one doesn't work, maybe you're not as clairvoyant. It's not as visual for you, but you kind of can sense or know things about your past lives. So some of the journaling exercises might be good where you kind of get in a zone and you're writing and things will kind of come to mind. Right? So again, with the compassion approach, you know, if you look at it as a process that you're not just knowing your past lives, you're unfolding your past lives or allowing yourself to connect over time to your past lives, that there's always more to know as well. Right. That changes that um, idea that people put a lot of pressure on themselves. Like I need to achieve this or do it. It's not an achievement. It's a process. I know I've probably even asked you this before, but do we know
1: how much time do you know in between lives that you reincarnate? Or I was just talking to someone just last week about like your soul can be in different physical bodies simultaneously, Mm -hmm. which was mind blowing to me. Um, But what are your thoughts on that in terms of, of how long you're in the in-between?
0: You know, I can only kind of track it to what I've noticed and seen. And I also have had clients who've had experiences where they seem to be living simultaneous past lives. Maybe with the idea that they can, the soul can split into two in order to live two past lives simultaneously to maximize your opportunities for growth, right? Um, Multiple dimensions of reality are happening around us concurrently. Um, The field of quantum physics is actually opening up a lot about this, that things that mystics have talked about for thousands of years are actually true. Right. So are past lives even past or are they concurrent? The nature of time itself, exactly, that the past, present, future are all happening concurrently. It's been my experience that most people will recall a past life in the past. And I think it's because as human beings, that's how we experience time. Right, mm-hmm. we experience the passing of time, and we experience that there's a, you know, 1800s was in the past, and the 1600s was before that, right?
1: And when we see something, that's our that's our conscious current association is, oh,
0: that must have been X time. Correct, and so that we it's given to us in a piece of information that we can use in our life today. I have actually found though that the time between lifetimes, with a few exceptions has actually sped up over time. So if, say for example, somebody has a past life in 1100, they might come back in 1400, and then again in 1600, 1700, 1800, but then they could have a past life in 1920 and another in 1950, right? That's an ambitious soul. (laughs) But I think that it's because there's more to learn, things are moving more rapidly and more quickly. And I think it also kind of explains like why the population of the world is larger than it's ever been. Right? Like we all want to be here because there's so many opportunities to kind of learn and grow. We all kind of signed up. We're all like, Ooh, 2024 is going to be super exciting. And the way that we communicate with each other technology, the way we were able to connect with each other, there's more opportunities here. So, um, it seems to be the more ancient lifetimes tended to kind of move more slowly. Now, does that mean they were not having other past lives in other realms and other places? You know, is Earth the only school we can incarnate on? I don't believe so. The purposes of my clients, most people will experience past lives beginning in the, you know, 19th and 20th century as being closer because they come back more quickly because they want to kind of be a part of what's going on.
1: Mm. They didn't want to peace out for this. These last four years, they weren't like, yeah, 2020 to 2025 is going to be a rough go.
0: People come back and their spirit guides are like, you got to get back out there because there's work to be done, you know, but I think that there's a huge shift in consciousness that's happening in humanity right now. And so, you know, it's like, We reincarnated, we we should thank each other for reincarnating. Thank you for being here for now, because we all are supposed to be participants in this shift of consciousness. And, you know, some of the exceptions, obviously, um, for people who do come back more quickly, you know, prior to the 2000s or the, you know, 1980s would be an example. Say, for example, um, someone who committed suicide. Sometimes they'll be reincarnated as their own grandchild or whatever, because it's like, nope. You're going to go back to that same family, same circumstances. You don't get out. You don't get a get get out of jail free pass for this life and the lessons you're supposed to learn. So some people after, you know, or, or even if they reincarnate in a different family, it'll have some sort of challenge that is similar to what they were dealing with in that life. So I have actually found that to be um, wow. very, very common. Like if you take your own life, you're coming right back, right back right back.
1: So have you worked with people who have died by suicide in a past life and they come back and report that they realize they died by suicide and yes. maybe they're struggling with depression and that's what they need to work on in order to heal their soul to not do that again?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I actually, one client comes to mind and this was actually years ago. She was dealing with, um, depression. I don't know if she had like suicidal ideation, but she did. She was depressed, but she was also seeing a therapist also to, to the point where I felt like it was safe to work with me. And I want to make sure that your listeners know that like, you know, this is not a replacement for a a mental health, a a licensed and educated mental health um, professional, but there are like therapists who kind of send people to me to kind of supplement their work, right? Like, as it's unconscious work, but, she remembered killing herself in the last four past lives. And it was literally like this 911, like wake up call, like, I've got to fix this. And she really turned her life around. You know, I kind of follow her on social media. I mean, she ended up really changing her life. Um, She quit a job that was really not good for her mental health. Um, she got married. Like, you know, I just watched her really like thrive. And s- she seems to be, you know, digging life and uh, feeling the joy in life. But it was literally like that moment where she saw that this was a pattern. And there are other patterns too, not just, you know, suicide. There's like anxiety, depression, um, you know, people who have, uh, you know, kind of contracts with themselves that they don't want to get married or they end up in bad marriages and, and don't feel empowered to leave. Or, you know, there's a lot of different patterns that you can actually explore over time. If you do past life work, you can kind of see, well, you know, I've been flip-flopping between living my life purpose and not finding my life purpose. So that when I find my life purpose, I can appreciate it and do more with it, right? And when I don't find it, that actually kind of spurs me to, you know, develop other areas of my um, talent or, or other areas with my existence. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think.
1: I mean, how I see past life regression always is a tool. Mm-hmm. It's another tool, and when I found in my practice is when people get sort of stuck, and we can't quite figure out what. I mean this is exactly how Brian Weiss stumbled upon it right take yeah. me back to that time when you experienced what you experienced
0: yeah because it's it's unconscious right and it's like where what's the story behind how you're stuck and you know and there are many different ways that you can access those that material like you said this is just one of many many tools but I've found that you know not only for me but for my clients that it's a really really powerful one because there's so much in it with the self-inquiry and also the way that through that process of self-healing self-knowledge and self-understanding people are able to kind of move forward into the world and show up for others in a totally different way
1: I want to end today with one of the, I think it's the second to last chapter of who do you think you are? Your new book. You are a soul. Your purpose is love. So many of us are seeking out a purpose as a job, a career, a relationship, a identity that we are supposed to have. You've stripped that down. What does that look like in everyday life?
0: Yeah, that's a really important and very mindful question. You know, it is the second to last chapter because that's where I want to lead people eventually. As we chip away from all these false identities, what we discover is the truth of who we are, which is literally love incarnated. All of these lessons that we, you know, Bother to reincarnate and and live a life here on planet Earth in order to learn our about love. So how does that look moving forward? I mean, world peace, right? Like like more um, mindful relationships, people that have more inclusive hiring practices, <laughs> or governments and institutions that are created around equality and opportunity and joy i mean i'm i know i'm i sound ambitious but if we all everywhere could understand how reincarnation works and get rid of these false identities that we really could very quickly and easily create a society, a society that's based on love and equality and justice for everyone I really I really deeply believe in that that past lives it, it, you know is the key to really understanding all of our humanity and then understanding that our humanity is also our shared humanity with absolutely everyone here on planet earth.
1: Well, Michelle, congratulations. Thank you so on much. On the book. Um where can people go to find you if they want to learn about your past life regressions? Mm-hmm. They want to do a past life regression with you. I'm assuming you're still, I know you took a little hiatus to work on the book, but I'm assuming you're back now.
0: I'm back. Yep. And I also am in the process of putting together some other meditations and some courses. So my website is Michelle with two L's dash Brock.com. You can find me at, on Instagram I'm past life, Michelle. I'm also passive Michelle on TikTok. Um, So yeah, any of the above places, but um, you know, I'm excited to hear what everybody thinks about the book and um you know hopefully you'll find out who you really are <laughs> when you read it. Yeah, it's
1: so great, such great exercises to help guide you and I know if people have done any of your meditations, I know I included in the course I'm working on, you recorded one for me. Mm -hmm. um, And I ran that as a beta test and my um, group loved, loved the meditation. So thank you for that. Thank Thank you for being you. It's so great to see you again. And I wish you so much luck. Everybody needs to go out, get this book, Who do you, it's such a great title. I remember when you told it to me a while ago, I was like, oh, that's genius. Who do you think you are? So thanks, Michelle.
0: Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much.
1: Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.